Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Don't you need to be praying over that? It breaks my heart. I'll tell you what. You know what matters to pastors? There's, you know, I know what some of you might think. Some of you that are coming from other places that don't know me, maybe. But you know what matters to pastors? It's really not your tithes. That's up to you. If you want to be foolish and live under Joe Biden's economy instead of Yahweh's, don't tithe. That's what you want. Don't tithe. <laughs> However, I choose to tithe, but you people think we're after your tithes and offering. I made more at the sheriff's office than I made here. Amen. There you go. That's the truth, by the way. I make $5,000 a year less than I made at the sheriff's office pastor in this church. So I'm not after your money. I can go back and be a cop and make more money. It's an easier job, by the way. <laughs> but what matters to pastors is attendance. And I'll tell you what breaks my heart is that there's people that, well, I had to leave today because there's nowhere for them to sit. So we can't have that. We got to move. Now, listen, when we make a move, some of you are going to need to make a financial move. Because the, the move, the, if you want a house, you know how many people... Is Aaron in here? Hey, Aaron, how many people are signed up for Christmas Eve? 750 people are signed up. Now you can look around the room in here and there is, I think my wife told me, I don't know how many, is she in here? How many, how many families walked out today? Four families left. And, we, and there's people sitting in overflow. So if you want a house, let's say 700 people, and praise the Lord for the problem. I prayed for this problem. Amen. And it's great to have it. But if you want to house 700 people, it's going to cost you some M's. You aware of that? And that's the negotiations that we're in. So for, them, for some of you that are making $100,000 a year and you drop 10 bucks in the offering every now and then, you better wake up. And, and stop being a spiritual Democrat. And living off the welfare of everybody else in the church. You're welcome. True. And by the way, I know some of you are responding. I know some of you are. You're breaking through. You're tithing in ways that you never have and giving in ways that you never have. But if you want to start dealing in the M's and you've got to house 700 people, there's lots more people that need to step up. Amen. So be ready. Shouting amen to building projects means squat unless you're willing to give a sacrificial offering. My wife and I are pledged to give $100,000 to this building. We will give that right away in increments, but we will give it. It will, it will all be given by the end of 2022-ish, somewhere in there. We will launch by giving $30,000 ourselves out of our own pocket. And now you're like, you're rich, Tom. I'm a retired cop. And I make less now than I made then. How rich do you think I am? But anyway, hopping right into politics, for those of you who are wondering, Tom, you know what? <laughs> Tom, it's Christmas. Don't care. <laughs> I like Christmas as much as anybody. Drive by my house. It's the biggest light fest in the neighborhood is my house. Love it. Love Santa. Love all that stuff. For those of you who are going to meet me at the door, telling me that you're just supposed to put an N on the end of Santa, transform the M, call Santa into Satan, all that. Don't bother. I don't care. You need to read the book of Romans about all those things. They don't matter. If you want to have hardcore stands on Halloween and Santa and all that stuff, go right ahead. I don't care. Don't care. If you want to do that, go right ahead. I don't know what I'm preaching about right now. <laughs> Whatever comes to mind. But it doesn't matter to me that it's Christmas time. I love it. Every, minute, every bit of it. Love every second of it. Watching lots of Hallmark movies. Lots of other movies. Watching all those things. Love it. Listening to Christmas music. My wife and I drove up and back to Orlando yesterday. With the exception of watching about a half an hour of the podcast. Because we recorded it early yesterday. We listened to Christmas music all the way up. All the way back. In the midst. We drove... Uh, was it three hours and 10 minutes up about two and a half hours back because of traffic. So we drove about somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six hours for a four second fight. Good fight. The guy that Tommy fought did not remain conscious, but for four seconds. 
True. Got to watch those right crosses to the temple. Well, I'm glad I don't have to fight my son anymore. All right, but hopping right to politics, I want to give you the COVID updates because I want you to be informed that people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And you're like, Tom, I don't, this, you shouldn't mix politics with the pulpit and all those things. First of all, that's not a Bible verse. That's as much a Bible verse as it takes a village. It's not a Bible verse. The reason why I'm preaching about these things is because of Revelation chapter 13, that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. That's why I'm preaching about it. How on earth the global evangelical church is not preaching about this every stinking Sunday is beyond me. You have to be so spiritually blind to not see what is going on. Let me give you some of this. Here's the latest stats from America. Remember now, vaccines are the path out of out of COVID, out of the pandemic, right? Vaccines are the way out. Well, in 2020, with 0.0 vaccines, we had allegedly, I don't believe any of these numbers, but I'm gonna use them against them. These are the CDC numbers. Allegedly, in 2020, with zero vaccines, we had 346,000 COVID deaths. Under Joe Biden, in a shorter period of time, Everybody, allegedly, they say 70% of the public is at least partially vaccinated. 60% fully vaccinated is what they say. With that, with those statistics, 480,000 people have died of COVID. So you've gained about, what's that, 130,000 COVID deaths under Joe Biden after the country's fully vaccinated. And what do they tell you to do? Let's vax some more. That's what they're telling. In every country, it's like this. And by the way, our stats are actually untrue. It's way worse than this. This is coming from the CDC. I'll give you some examples. Here's Los Angeles. Cases are up 48%, 1,000 cases in 24 hours. They're, they've been under mass mandates for 19 of the last 20 months and strict vaccination passport requirements right now. And their cases are up 48%. So you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without their vaccine passport. And what does that do? It guarantees you that cases are gonna go up 50%. In Canada, the Pentecostal churches, this is under the, the PAOC, some sort of denominational organization, Pentecostal churches support mandatory vaccination. They tell their churches in Ontario to do something, which is my favorite word of all, comply. You don't comply. Did Jesus comply? Then what are you doing, Christians? Why would you comply? At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, complying will grow cold. I added the complying. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. 305 athlete cardiac arrests and serious issues, all of which, after being tested, it was found what? That they were fully, never have seen this before. See the stats coming out of Waterloo, Canada, in Ontario? Stats coming out, they average in that area about four to six stillbirths a year. Four to six a year. You shouldn't be wowing yet, that's just every year. But I love you. Every year, four to six stillbirths every year. Now, what did they average? What did they have between January and July of this year? Six months, basically. It's not all of July. So from January to the beginning of July, let's just say all of July. So seven months. How many stillbirths did they have? 86. And by the way, when they tested every single one of those mothers, guess what they were? Fully vaxxed. 86 from four, and that's four in a year. So you basically can double 86. So they're gonna have about 150 to 160 stillbirths in Waterloo, Ontario. And what, what does Justin Trudeau tell you to do? Get that vax while you're pregnant, you're completely safe. 
over and over and over again. The very same people like Justin Trudeau, like Kamala Harris, like Joe Biden, who want to pull babies out of the womb, piece by bloody piece with forceps, tell you to get a vaccination, and you have the stillbirth rate going up at exponential rates, and they t- because they hate kids, and they hate humanity, because they're the opposite of God. They are operating under the antichrist spirit. This is not politics. This is the book of Revelation unfolding right before your very eyes, and you must respond. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. They need to be scared of you. They were scared of Jesus. That's why they arrested him and nailed him to a cross. They were scared of him. He was a threat to them. In England, 2.5 weeks into their mass mandates, they reinstituted them. Well, you know what that did? Now their cases that are, are at a all-time high. Minnesota, 44% of COVID deaths and cases, 44%. Anthony Fauci's on national TV three days ago with Lester Holt, that purveyor of truth. He's on there saying, well, you know what? My family's all coming in. They're flying in from all over the country, but we're safe. He said, we're safe because everybody's vaccinated and boosted. Well, in Minnesota, 44% of COVID deaths are fully vaccinated. So how are they, how is he, now how is that not considered to be a bold-faced lie? It is. And he knows he's lying because he is of his father, the devil, who was a liar from the beginning and a father of lies. And 44% of their new cases are fully vaxxed. I got more. Let's go, across the, let's go across the ocean into the European Union and Europe. Italy, unvaxxed doctors are being called back. They laid them all off for their vaccine mandates and whoops, we need them back. They have a national healthcare worker shortage, so all their unvaxxed doctors are being called back. Funny how that works, isn't it? You have a national pandemic and a shortage of healthcare workers? Strange how that works. In England, just to give you the stats, I'll give you some of these before. In weeks 36 through 39, that's basically October of this year, 75% of their COVID deaths were fully vaccinated. Weeks 38 through 41, 82% of their COVID deaths are fully vaccinated. 45 through 48, 75% of their deaths are fully vaccinated. Let me give you the comparison. In weeks 36 through 39 in 2021, actually, let me give you 2020 first. So October, to make it easy for conversation, October of 2020, they had 571 COVID deaths. October of 2020, 571 COVID deaths. October of 2021, 3,026 COVID deaths. Boris Johnson goes on week after week, podium visit after podium visit, press conference after press conference, and tells people to get vaccinated. When they had no vaccinations in October, it was a beautiful Halloween season. 571 COVID deaths. Now with the vaccination, 3,026 COVID deaths. Scotland, 89% of their COVID deaths fully vaxxed. 89%. Germany, there's a, sign, there's a video out. Germany has a business that has yellow painting on its window saying, do not buy from the unvaxxed. I guess if you don't study history, you are doomed to. They're painting these signs on businesses. I don't know if it's signs yet, but it's a sign. As overall mortality, when you compare November of 2020 in Germany to November of 2021 in Germany, their overall mortality is up 25%. 
25% more people died of all-cause mortality in 2021 than 2020. What's, what, what's the variable? What wasn't present in 2020? That's right. All these right-wing extremist doctors that were, were absolutely respected professionals that are talking about the suppression of people's immune systems. Now everybody's dying of everything because they have no immune system yet left because of antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome. You don't fill your body full of S-spike proteins. Everybody knew that. And they know it now. Germany, 52% of COVID deaths of people over 60 were fully vaxxed. 71% of their cases fully vaxxed. And that they tell you, you need a vaccine mandate. Explain to me the science behind this. The quote unquote science. Explain to me the science behind a vaccine mandate. What's the difference between if the vaxxed and the unvaxxed both spread the virus, then what's the difference if I walk in the room and the vaccinated walk in the room? So what, then why do you need a mandate? So you're telling me, Tom, there could be something else about this? Yeah, it's called Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 18. Listen, vaccine passports are not in support of the vaccine. The vaccines were put out there to get to the vaccine passport. Understand that. I showed a video on the podcast last night coming. This is a new one now. Some of you saw the old one coming out of Sweden. This is the new one because it's, it's been nice and updated now so that it will carry your COVID passport information, the chips that they are implanting in people in Sweden. Right-wing conspiracy, Alex Jones. And no, it's on their own website. It's not right-wing. They're proud of it. Listen, you've got to understand something. How many of you have unsaved relatives? Shout amen. Amen. They don't know. You, you think they're looking at the mark of the beast and going, man, they're just taking it. They don't know it's the mark of the beast. They don't know it's, they don't know it's the precursor or the skids being greased for the mark of the beast. They don't know. We do. We who carry the power of the Holy Spirit, we know. That's why we have to be informed. But the people who know the Pentecostal churches in Ontario, you can't come in without your mark of the beast. From, from their headquarters, they're dictated to that no one shall enter your building without their vaccine passport, their QR code on their phone. How do they not see this? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. But I thought they were of the Spirit. They're Pentecostal. This is why we're going to talk about what we're talking about today, which is sanctification. Because they're blind. Even though they're filled with the babies, they may speak with tongues and prophesy. There'll be lots of people, by the way. If you look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, which means those of you who refuse to repent of sin. Sorry, Calvinists, you're off. In Spain, cases are up. See how I mixed the gospel right in here with politics? In Spain, cases are up 1,351% in the past two months, despite mask mandate compliance at 97%. Florida has the lowest case rate in the United States. Strange how that works. We got the biggest super spreader event happening right here. Run for your lives. It's 99.9% survival. Run for your life. <laughs> Lowest case rate in the United States. Florida added 50,000 of the 200,000 jobs that were added in November. One state added one quarter of all jobs. That's, you know what California added? 
California provides 40% of all unemployment applications. Great job, California. So whatever you see Gavin Newsom do, George Costanza, for those of you who know, and do exactly the opposite. If everything in my life that I've done is wrong, then the opposite must be right. In New South Wales, I'm almost done, maybe. Yes, yeah, that last page. New South Wales, masks are required on all domestic flights. Get this. You're like, that's nothing new, Tom. Even if you're flying over New South Wales. True. So there'll be a flight attendant that comes on your flight. Uh, excuse me, we are flying over the province of New South Wales, Australia, where we were in Victoria before or in the Northern Terror. You didn't, you didn't have to wear your mask. But now put your mask on because we're flying over New South Wales because we don't want you, we don't want you to carpet bomb COVID. <laughs> Idiots. You need to not be afraid to say what's true. Idiocy. Just so you know, 75 members of our Congress who are mandating vaccinations, both Republicans and Democrats, own Pfizer stock. True. And last, last but certainly not least, Pfizer, because their two-dose regiment on kids under five, they're in trials. Now, parents are actually lining up and bringing their kids in. Yeah, to the three-year-old. Imagine your cute little three-year-old girl. I, I think the... the the baby, she's not a baby anymore, but is Brinley. I think about bringing Brinley in, and they're like, well, you know what? The two-dose regiment wasn't strong enough, so now we're upping it to three. Can you imagine injecting your child with an mRNA vaccination that nobody even knew about two years ago? Experimental. Most vaccinations take a minimum of 10 years before they're ever unleashed on the public. Minimum. Minimum. Measles vaccine was 10 to 16 years before it ever was deemed uh, approved by the FDA. But Pfizer didn't like the two wasn't powerful enough. Now remember, a child who's five years old, the survival rate has now gone up of COVID. It used to be 99.997%. Now it's 99.999%. And you're going to, and here's the thing. Parents, you're stupid enough to go in there, Robert W. Malone, who created mRNA technology, put out a video for all parents. And he said, don't do it. And here's the reasons why. The people are so compliant. We can't be mad. That is, listen, they're just sheep being led to the slaughter. I'm mad at the stupidity, not the stupid. It's hard not to be mad at the stupid, but I've made a commitment. <laughs> so I said, we, the only people that can do anything about this is us, but we have to be powerful. In order to be powerful, you need to be sanctified. Now we've got about 40 minutes together and we're going to talk about being sanctified right now. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 23 through 24. I've been saying this for two weeks. Christians need to stop being endlessly fascinated with their own personal redemption and start being fascinated with their own personal sanctification. Most Christians, their testimony stays identical decade after decade after decade. I used to be a drug user, now I'm not. I used to be an alcoholic, now I'm not. I used to live with a guy, now I don't. Blah, 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 blah. And you're 37 years in, where's the miracles? Where's the salvations? I know about the power of our testimony, but your testimony should not be the same 40 years in, 10 years in, three years in. Things should be changing. It's called sanctification. Here's the definition of sanctification before I read you the scripture. What does it mean to be sanctified? To make holy, set apart as sacred. Consecrate. To purify or free from sin, render legitimate or binding, to entitle to reverence or respect, to make productive or conducive to spiritual blessing. You get sanctified, God can use you as a conduit. 
That's the world has to have you. There is, listen, stop asking Jesus to do things that you are required to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop asking him, Lord, touch our town. What? You think he's going to touch your town without you? He can't. He may, listen, you're like, he can do anything. No, God is obligated to his covenant. I've told you before about my various debates with people about the Holy Spirit and Jesus because people get all upset with me because I read them Bible verses that say that Jesus is no longer here. He's not here. He went, he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, Revelation 3.21. He's gone. John chapter 16, 7 and 8. It is to your advantage that I go away. Look how smart I am as a cop who pushed around a police car for 25 years. I think go away means gone. Oh, you can't say that about Jesus. He said it. Jesus said it about Jesus. And you're insulted. You know why they're insulted? Because they're not operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So they create their own Bible, their own name of Jesus, which Aaron mentioned during worship. For he's magnified his word above all his name. The reason, reason why that is, is anybody can form their own name of Jesus. No, Jesus is still here. No, he's not. He's not here. The Holy Spirit's here. And the Holy Spirit holds people accountable. They don't like it. So they form their own Jesus, which actually becomes an idol. Oh, he's here, you know. He, no, you just don't do anything. And the Holy Spirit has told you because your steps are ordered. Psalm 37, 23, your steps are ordered. And the Holy Spirit has told you step one, you don't like it, so you default to fraudulent Jesus. You don't like, and there's people in this room right now. And yes, you have walked into a spiritual tornado. You have. I will not let you off the hook. You may never come back, but I will not let you off the hook. Now, you can embarrass yourself and walk out the back doors. They won't let you through the gray doors. You got to go through the white one right over here. So it's even more embarrassing for all of you if you want to exit. You got to do it in front of everybody. But I won't let you off the hook because there's many people in this room. Still haven't gotten to the message yet. That you know, look at me now. You know your step one. Don't you? He's already told you. Some of you, it's very simple. Snot, stop being a snot rag. Stop. Stop being moody. Stop being bipolar. Stop. But you haven't taken that step, have you? Well, it's hard. My feelings. Feelings are gas. I don't want to say the words that I like to use. Because then Aaron has to edit videos. Aaron, Aaron edited a video because we had to put it on CTN. A video from Sunday morning. He goes, I just want you to know I took all the words fart out of your sermon. Thank you. No problem. That's all feelings are. But what is your step one? You already know what it is. For some of you, it's sin. And you're going to go to hell if you don't take that step. I don't care that you said a sinner's prayer. That's not, listen, the Bible is not Calvinist. The Bible's Armenian. The great falling away. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Baor. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Colossians 1.21, 2 Peter 2.15. And I could, I could preach on that for three hours straight. But you know your, look at me now, you know your step one, don't you? But you're not taking it, are you? For some of you, you have. This isn't for you, so don't be offended and meet me at the door. I'm not going to listen to you anyway. <laughs> Sorry, don't have time. Go see Heather. <laughs> you know what it is. God's, listen, I know what mine is. No, I'm not telling you what it is. But I took it. It's hard. But you got to take it. Or you're going nowhere but God's corral. He's going to corral you up. All these wandering people that call themselves apostles or whatever stupid pastors of pastors and all the other stupid names, mediator, whatever they call themselves, that wander from church to church, that never do anything, 
they're just corralled off by God. God will not give them influence. They try to get it using their personality, using their weirdness. You know who they are. Maybe you're one of them. They come in here all the time. Well, you know, it's got a sizable church here. I could, you know, get set up here. And I'm like, no, I don't even know you. I don't have any clue who you are. That's never going to happen. But you know what that first step is, don't you? But if you don't take it, you're going to be like those wanderers and God's going to corral you off with no anointing. Because you can do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Use your personality. Sometimes, does it work? If you have the greatest of all great personalities, it's just you are a beacon of sunshine, you might be able to pull it off. But there are very few of us who are, who are that. I'm not. I, I couldn't pull that off. If I had to run this church by my personality, there wouldn't be a soul here but Tommy, Norman, Hope. Maybe Heather and Travis. I might get them. But God will safely corral you off if you are not sanctified to make productive and conducive for spiritual blessing. Let's look at the verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now remember what this is following. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's, good. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. Here's 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Make you productive and conducive for spiritual blessing. Make, make, may, now may the God of peace himself make you conducive for spiritual blessing. Sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody knows 24. Faithful is he that calleth you also will do it. Do what? Sanctify you. Everybody uses that verse for healing. It's applicable, I guess, but that's not what it's about. It's like, it's like Luke 6.38. Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your bosom for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you, right? Everybody uses that for what? The offering. It has nothing to do with money. This is faithful as he that calleth you who will also make you spiritually conductive. That's what that's about. He will make, if you want him to, but you're going to have to rejoice evermore. How many of you love to be melancholy? Unscriptural, mental illness. It is. I like to, you know, be alone, listen to some sad songs. That's antichrist stuff. God's not called you to be sad. Some of you need to put pictures away that you have up that make you sad. Well, you know, I, I want to pay homage to this dead person. Listen, you already have. If they're in heaven, they, they don't, they're laughing at you. <laughs> if they're in hell, they don't even know. So it's time to move on. And that sounds cold and coarse. If you put your, listen, there's a time for mourning. That's scriptural. But if your year is in, it's time to be sanctified. And that morning is keeping you from being sanctified. And so is whatever you call mental illness. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The reason why the, reason why the world doesn't want what we have is all that we offer is a testimony from three decades ago. That's all we offer is look what I used to be. Okay, so what you're offering the world is that you used to drink Bud Light and now you don't. Oh, how can we line up to get that like a booster shot? Which is what's happening in New York right now. So funny is this. They tell you to stay six feet apart. And there's lines around the block for, it's not booster shots, it's actually COVID testing right now. They're lining up, smashed in close to one another to go get COVID tested. I never, listen, I knew America could be sinful, but I, knew, I never knew that America was so stupid. And the saddest thing is I didn't know the church was so spiritually inept. I had no idea. 
This sanctification is embodied in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, whenever you see the word like urge, that's important. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. How many of you fill out, don't raise your hands, how many of you fill out your calendar? How many of you decide what it is that goes on that calendar? No, no, no. A living sacrifice. You want to be the happiest you've ever been? Hey, how many type A people we have in here? Shout amen. Amen. I'm one of them. Oh, I told you before, our whole staff at this church are type A wonderlands, like amusement park level type A people. Me, Heather, Aaron, my wife, type A. You know, to tell you to marry your opposite? I didn't. We're both type A's in the same house. Ask my kids, who are also both type A people. But you're not, listen, we don't run the show. You're a living sacrifice. How many of you know I didn't want to pastor the church? I didn't. I tried to pray my way out of it. That's the perfect pastor. Seriously. You know, people probably think you're not nice enough to pastor. I know. God made me do it. I know I'm not. I'm not much of a man of the people. But stealing from the gladiator... I try to be a man for the people. Nobody will love you like I do. Now, I may not be the greatest friend in the world, and I'm not. Wretched, wretched friend. <laughs> Unless you need something. If you're wanting somebody to edify you, you want advice, I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. Now, you know how many people I've helped move in this church? Yeah. You know how many people have bailed out financially in this church? Right. Here for you in that. And I'm here to tell you the truth. You're supposed to present yourself as a living sacrifice. The reins are out of my hands. Picture yourself, old school Western, driving a stagecoach. I'm done. Take me where you want me to go. And by the way, with that, you're safe. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what I told you about your finances. You want Biden's economy in your life? Or do you want Yahweh's economy? Biden's got stacks of ships off the coast of LA. For, for God, there's a cattle upon a thousand hills that he can make manifest out of a cloud. Which one do you want? It's the same thing here. You're safe if, you're safe if you release yourself to God. You're unsafe if you don't. But people don't do it to make, to make themselves safe. I don't know what God, God is who makes you safe. Well, he may call, listen, you only have one threat to your life. One. How many Christians are in here? Shout amen. You're in covenant with Jesus. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, right? Ephesians chapter one, verse three. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, 14, Right? You have Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the, of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Right? Right? Look at me, right? That's it. Then release yourself to it and stop running the show. Present yourself a living sacrifice to God. If I wasn't a living, so you need to understand something, folks. I don't live for the adulation of humanity. Ask my friends. Ask Aaron. Is, Aaron and, and Travis and Heather are really my best friends outside of my family. Ask them. I don't look for adulation. How, name, and how many years have we been in church? I don't know, 16, 17 years? How many pastor appreciation Sundays have we had? Nobody drives up the middle aisle with a new Harley for me. We can afford it. Nobody does. I don't live, if it was up to me, 
I'd be alone right now in Montana. That was my goal in retirement. I went out and drove to Phillipsburg, Montana, where my retired captain lives, and I loved it. And God's like, no. All righty. My natural inclination is to be alone, get up every day, get in some sort of motorized gator. This is Phillipsburg. Everybody drives around in gators. There's downtown, everyone's at gators at traffic lights. And they're gators. And then right down the road is Discovery Ski Resort. I'd get up every day alone and drive to the ski resort and ski down hills by myself. That's, that's, that's how I am. That's my wife. That's how I am. Well, we don't really like that. Tom, don't care. God made you come here. <laughs> you'll be pastored properly. I heard Jeff talking about if you want friends, you'll find them. That's up to you. But my natural inclination is to live that way. God said, no. So what did I do? When thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, I will seek. Psalm chapter 16. That's what you do. I don't have an option. Now listen, the happiest I am is ministering the gospel. If I went my way, I'd be miserable. But that's my inclination. That's called being carnal. Those who live according to the carnal nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Reject it and become a living sacrifice and receive your sanctification. Become conducive and conductive for the power of the Holy Spirit. Got an electrician sitting in the front row. Put conductive in my mind. I like conductive better than conducive. Holy and pleasing to God is a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. Listen, I'm a jumper. I jump during worship. I, I even do white bread, white man dancing during worship. I raise my hands and I shout during worship. But the true spiritual act of worship is saying, God, I am not my own. I was bought with a price. That is spiritual act of worship. That is true worship. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Jesus speaking, John chapter 4, verse 23. You know what I want to do? Whatever God is seeking. Who did Jesus marvel at? At Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5, running to verse 13. Who did Jesus marvel at? The centurion who understood spiritual authority. It wasn't even rudimentary faith. He understood spiritual authority. I want to be that guy because Jesus marveled at him. I want to be the guy that God is seeking after. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And that's simply laying your life down. How hard is it to be a lump? And Lord, it's all yours. Now he'll make you move after that. But it's way harder to go your way. I'm working hard and we're aiming towards retirement and blah, blah, blah. It's wasting your life. You're like, well, Tom, I'm already in my 70s. Better's one day. And by the way, you're called to live to 120 anyway. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. How old was Moses? 120 years, climbed a mountain, went up and dropped dead. That's exactly how I've prayed to die. Outside of God-ordained martyrdom, which is the only threat to anybody in this room if you stand in Scripture. That's the truth, because Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, Nothing shall by any means hurt you unless you're not vaccinated. Oh, wait, I got that from the Pentecostal church in Ontario. I, I vowed not to use names. I didn't vow not to mention churches. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to, this is called sanctification, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. After you've no longer conformed. If you are setting your calendar and your kids are signed up for everything the world's kids are signed up for, you're signed up for everything the, world's, the world is signed up for, you are conforming to the pattern of the world. If, the, if McDonald's locks down, you are not to conform to that. If Anthony Fauci and the NIH are pimping and whoring vaccines, you don't conform to that, church. I hope you're watching COVID caving pastors. It's rudimentary. Compliance is not what you do. For do I now, for do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant. A living sacrifice. I would not be a bond servant of Christ if I still pleased men. Should it even come to your mind what anybody thinks? It should never come to mind. Are you like, well, Tom, you telling me to be rude? No, rude is not loving. That's just being stupid. I'm saying your stance, where you stand. Should it ever come to your mind? Well, what will somebody think if I do that? No, what does the scripture say? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who is this being written to? This is being written to Christians, the church in Rome. These are redeemed, blood-bought, often spirit-filled believers. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to be sanctified. Then you can test and approve what God's will is. Most Christians make life-altering, life-changing decisions without a renewed mind. So they're basically making decisions. Would you, how many of you are parents in here? Shout amen. Did you leave your kids alone unsupervised when they were three? That's what most Christians, that's how they live their lives. They're spiritually three years old deciding who to marry. While Pastor Tom sits there and goes, oh Lord, please don't ask me to marry you. This is going to be a very difficult conversation for you. I warn people from the pulpit so they don't. Well, we've known each other now for four months. What do you think, Tom? Well, where did you meet? Juniors? So that's, where, that's good. Don't ask me. Please don't. Let's just love one another from a distance. Unless you want to, unless you want to repent. 1 Corinthians 2.12 we, what we have received is not the spirit of the world. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So the path to sanctification is not what, it's who. It's who. If you, how many of you like romance? Like excitement. For those of you who are like, not me. Yeah, you do. You do. Men will go, I'm not much of a romantic. Yeah, you are. You're out there on the boat, jumping out of planes, riding motorcycles. That's actually romance for a guy. You are. Everybody likes romance and everybody likes excitement. And we like it in every area of our lives but the church. It's true. Just like, just like everybody in here, just about, is a conservative, except in the church. Suddenly you become a liberal. You wouldn't dare not pay your taxes, but you don't pay your tithe, do you? And everybody's flipping the bill for you. All these lights, you, act, you come in here and you act like these lights are for free. We blew up our entire light system. I don't know, a week or two ago, Aaron was in here for hours and hours and hours with a lighting expert paying to get them back on because even Aaron couldn't get them back on. If Aaron can't get them back on, you're in trouble. Who paid for that? The tithers of this church. Freeloading, liberal Democrat Christian. You hate welfare everywhere else but the church. true 
I told you, a tornado, baby. You don't like it? Ask yourself, ask yourself, am I wrong? Don't ask yourself, ask the Holy Spirit if I'm wrong. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly and under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Ask the Holy Spirit. Well, here's the pastor after my money. You don't know me. You don't know me, if you think that. The path to sanctification is not a what, it's a who. You want the deep things of God, you want romance, it's the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, Christianity is boring. He is the reward of salvation, not heaven. Heaven's great, and we'll go there temporarily and come right back here. And all the Christians are living for heaven. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth. You're living for something that isn't even going to exist when you get there. You're welcome. I know I'm blowing everybody up. You know know how I'm blowing up your theology? With Bible verses. I'm blowing up Christians' theology with Bible verses. Jesus is the word, so I'm blowing up their version of Jesus with Jesus. If you want, if you want sanctification, don't, don't try to get, I wish, listen, make sure you listen to the second part of the message. They don't get what you get. You don't get what they get in the second service. I do not preach the same message twice. I can't. It's too boring. I probably should. That's probably the correct things to do. It's certainly easier than writing two messages a week, but just because I hate being bored, I write two messages a week. But the path of sanctification is the Holy Spirit himself. And you've got to look at me. Look at me. You've got to look him in the eye. You've got to stop being scared of the Holy Spirit. Is he going to hurt you? He's only going to hurt your gas. He's going to hurt your feelings. That's all. Can't you take it? I've had the Holy Spirit tell me all sorts of things. And I'm like, ow. That hurts. Tom, you realize you're 48 and you pout like a seven-year-old girl. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) What am I going to do? Tell him he's not right? He's right. Proverbs 11, 9. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. Here's the second part I want you to hear. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Who gives you knowledge? Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1, 3. Because I'm trying to hurry. I've been, I've been ordered by the powers that be. Because I don't understand how hard it is on everybody. That's my wife told me right before church. That's, that's my wife's encouragement. She comes bursting through the door in my office. She goes, four families have left. Well, isn't that great? I'm like, please don't tell me that before church. I'm sitting here, I'm studying my message. (laughs) That's why I tell you, if you actually want advice, get with Heather and schedule it with me. Don't go to that. Everybody runs runs from me and runs to hope as if they're going to get a a soft-pedaled message. I soft-pedal more than she does. She doesn't even care. See, that doesn't bother her. She's like, how can we fix it? How can we fix it? How can we fix it? I'm going, oh, four families left. She doesn't think like that. She's more sanctified than I am. Seriously, I'm going, I don't want to hear that right now. I'm trying to say, well, well, this is what we need to do. We need to be thinking about what to do. We need. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to preach in 12 minutes. So because of that, we are supposed to be out of here at 1045 at, at yeah, <laughs> seven minutes. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. In seven minutes. Something going on over here that I didn't see? Jeff, are you up to something? It's because I don't understand the complexities of what goes on out here because of the parking problems and everything else. So there you go. I park my car at, before church and I don't move it again until two o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't understand. All right, let's try to be spiritual again. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. As his divine power has given to us 
all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of him who called, who called us by glory and virtue. What gives us knowledge? Power. His divine power. Where do you get power from? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So his divine power gives us knowledge. See, we think love gives us knowledge. We think being kind gives us knowledge. Nothing against either one of those two massively important virtues. I'm just telling you, though, knowledge comes through power. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. You have to know it or you can't be powerful. Why did Christians close their churches? Because they're natural men and women. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. They don't receive power. You, is that a power move? Is surrender a power move? How many of you single ladies out there, if you were out on a date with a guy and there was a threat to you and he just jumped onto the floor and got in a fetal position and put his thumb in his mouth, how many of you would grant him a second date? How many of you, that's your husband right now and you're wishing I, I never grant him a first date? Just kidding, sort of. That's power. By which have been given to us, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, by which, by what? By knowledge. Through the knowledge of him. Let's read it again. Let me put them together for you. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, right? By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you get the romance, that through these you get to be partakers of the divine nature. Christianity's boring without this and they close their churches without this. It's because it's not a power move. You, power comes through the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Knowing him, being baptized in him, spending time with him, speaking in tongues, you become powerful. And through that, you become knowledge. His knowledge is power. His power is knowledge. That's why people who live naturally, those who have their minds set on earthly things, on natural things, but they can't even see the ushering in of the mark of the beast. See, people start to hear ominous music when I talk like that. Ominous, sad music, not me. I'm like, this is the opportunity of a lifetime to save this generation from the mark of the beast. I'm not giving in to the mark of the beast. Not for a second. I want to be a partaker of the divine nature. But that comes through knowledge and power. Not through being kind and loving. There are, listen, it's just like I told you earlier. People get offended about the different lanes of Jesus and the different lanes of the Holy Spirit. Then they get offended. It's, love and kindness has its place. But if you want to be a partaker of the divine nature, you have to have knowledge and power. There's lots of, listen, it's almost like the original Fox News, which they called themselves, you know, fair news or equal time. Well, you have to give, listen, we've given all sorts of time to love and kindness. There's not, even me, I know some of you don't think this. If you know me as you're really a friend of mine, you know, I'm a very loving and kind person. Seriously, I am. I'm not kidding you. I'm the guy who scoops up the wounded animal on the side of the road and takes him off to the animal hospital and pays for all his bills. Listen, I was, when I was a cop, I stopped for everybody. I stopped and gave money to the homeless. I'm, I'm the cop. Everybody, all the other cops drive by. 
and act like they don't see it because you're stuck on the side of the road with a gas, with no gas. I'm the cop that came in. All right, get in the back. Drive, oh, I don't have any money. All right, it's all right, get in here. Go there, buy your gas can, buy your gas, drive you back and put gas in your car and then drive you back to the gas station and fill your car up with gas. I, I, I'm saying that we as Christians have that down pat. What about the power? Without the power, we have the love and the kindness and we're closed. We aren't, they are, but I'm telling you. The reason why is you go back again. His divine power has given to us all things. Not our version of love and kindness. There's a lane for power. Every single person, now God's going to probably put you to the test now. When you have an opportunity, you should be expressing love and kindness because that is a great witness. But so is power. I'm giving you equal time. Every, you want to go to every other church in America right now outside of the river, Jonathan Shuttlesworth and a few others are preaching about love. They're not preaching about Revelation 13. They're acting like it's not happening. While they are slowly but surely ushering in vaccine mandates in their own church. Right now. Heading towards the end with this. Where do you think knowledge and power comes from? It's not coming from Jesus. Jesus gave you the covenant to get it. The Father sits at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God. God sits on his throne. The Holy Spirit gives you power himself. He also gives you knowledge. And remember, his knowledge is power, and his power is knowledge. Well, Tom, I can't understand that. Who can? Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Romans eleven thirty three. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I don't understand how his power is knowledge and his knowledge is power, but it is. Here's what I'll finish with. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Most Christians never engage the Holy Spirit. And listen, I mean him personally. Do you ever, I know, well, I'm trying to stay under time here, but I may not make it. I may not make it. <laughs> you ever read the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the heavens. Ephesians 4.29, right? What's Ephesians 4.30 say? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You don't read that about Jesus. You don't read that about the Father. You read that about personal engagement with the Holy Spirit. Look at me now. Every single one of you uninterested Christians right now, I can see it in your eyes. You don't think I look at you, but I do. I look at you. I'm not mad at you for being uninterested. I'm not even mad at the ones that are sleeping. There isn't anybody today. I'm not mad at you. I'm concerned for you. That you don't engage personally with the version of Jesus who is here. And I mean with him individually. Not grouping them all together. I'm talking about you engaging with per personally with the person of the Holy Spirit. Calling him by name. You must do that or you are going nowhere. That's the covenant. But the helper, the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said... I will pray the Father, and he will send you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, 16 and 17. So you have to, you have to communicate directly to him. I rarely ever pray anything outside of Holy Spirit. I come to you right now in Jesus' name. Because if I pray Father God... It's, it's not wrong. It's not sinful. I'm not even saying it's not effective. I'm just saying to you, it's not perfect. And if you're going to operate in faith, you have to understand the covenant of faith. If you want things to actually work, then you've got to actually read the instructions. Sorry, guys. It's not just a rubber mallet. Christmas morning's coming up. Read the instructions on how to put the bike together. Read the instructions. 
I'll figure it out. The helper of the Holy Spirit worship team, make your way, and my wife will be able to relax. There, there she is. Anything for you, dear. Finish it right here. The helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Go back. His divine power has given to us all things. Who gives you that? The Holy Spirit. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The reason why your Christianity has become or has always been or has a tinge or has a lot of religiosity is absence of recognition of the Holy Spirit. He is the path to your sanctification. And look at me, the world's hope, look at me, the world's hope is your sanctification. Your personal sanctification making you a battery-filled power pack of the power of God is the world's hope. There is nothing else. We are the restraining. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We are the restraining. As long as there is a healthy church here, you will not see Second Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. You won't see that if there's a healthy church here. We are the restraining. Before that happens, we go. We're what's holding it all back. Anthony Fauci should be coming to Foundation Church today and saying, Aaron, thank you. Thank you for being here because I'd be in hell right now. Or I'd be under the Babylonian rule of the Antichrist. And the two beasts, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Foundation Church, for being the restraining and giving me a chance at 79 years old to repent. We are their chance. We're their chance and we're also their threat. They should be scared of us. But in order for them to be scared of us, we have to be powerful. And in order to be powerful, you've got to be sanctified. In order to be sanctified, you've got to get with the Holy Spirit. Do it today. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.